Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. Amen, God, and we believe in your name. We believe in your power. We believe in your love. We also believe that you are God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or imagine, which is why we come before you now in prayer. So I'm going to ask, if you have a prayer request or something you want us to pray for, uh, just raise your hand and yell it out. Yeah, Joe. Uh, is he doing okay? S still in the hospital? Okay. So God, we pray for the recovery and the rehabilitation of Joe's dad. We also pray that you would give his family strength and peace uh, while they go through this uh, season of life. Uh, we pray for his health and his well-being, and we pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Yeah, Heather. For her what? Liver rheumatoid arthritis okay and pray for my hearing as well so uh, we pray for <laughs> her rheumatoid arthritis god we pray for healing we pray for just some peace from any pain and anxiety and anguish that that brings to her we also pray for heather uh, we pray for their family and we just pray that you would be with her in this time we pray this in jesus name amen amen anyone else? yeah bonnie God, we lift up Bonnie's family to you. Continue to pray for them as they grieve, as they comfort one another. We pray that your spirit would comfort them during this time of grieving. Uh, we pray that you would provide healing where necessary, strength where necessary, and most importantly, the peace that transcends all understanding. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Yeah, pray for uh, Marty trying uh, to... A place to stay, safe place to stay. All right, God, God, we continue to lift up Marty, continue to pray that you would uh, just guide her towards the place that you want her to be in, as Andrew said, a safe place for her to stay, uh, a place where she has people around her who can encourage her and strengthen her and be with her. We continue to pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, first and foremost, I need to apologize because I have been telling everyone for the last couple of weeks that when we did our annual business meeting, uh, we were just going to do a quick five, ten minutes, um, do it before the meet and greet, and then just get on with our, our Sunday celebration where we continue walking through the Gospel of John. However, comma, that was until life happened, and we had multiple issues with the heat. Last Sunday, uh, when everyone, well... It was on when you guys showed up. When I showed up, it was not. <laughs> it's freezing in here. We had busted a fuse um, and then went out, got the last fuse that we had, replaced it. And then when we met with the board that Tuesday, it was freezing in here again because it busted another fuse. Uh, so on Thursday, I went out, which is normally the day I work on a sermon, went out trying to find a fuse, trying to print stuff for our annual business meeting. Printer crashed. Fuses had doubled in price. And then my tire went out. So uh, this was not a good week. And I'm like, really, God, I'm not, you're not even allowing me time to like, focus on the sermon. All I've been doing is running around doing stuff with the budget. So I thought, if you know, God really kind of, won't say it's God's fault that all these things happened, but had me focusing so much time on the budget this week 
um, I thought maybe it's because we all should spend some time talking about the budget. And I know that sounds like, wait, we're not going to talk about God. We are going to talk about God because the budget consists of where your guys' tithe and offerings go. So is anyone interested in finding out where your money goes? Because it's, it's your money. Not a single person is interested. Oh, okay. They were like, oh, wait, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, don't believe the hype. It doesn't all go to the pastor. If it did, I'd have a new tire on my car already. But um, here's the thing. There are a lot of people watching online. And for those who watch online, um, if you want to donate, uh, you can go to our website, crossroadswithjeffersonhills.com. And I know you can't see it on the slide, but over on the right is a donate button. You click that, and it takes you to where you can give online. And there are people who will, they'll hear a particular sermon and think, wow, that really is just what I needed. So they will give online. There are other people who give online regularly. Uh, but if you're watching and you're like, well, I'm not sure if I want to give, wait till the end so that you know where your money goes if you give online. And I want to be clear, though, uh, this morning, this is not a message about tithing, right? We're not doing a message where we're trying to tell people, you got to tithe, you must tithe. That's not what this is about. This is about giving a crystal clear understanding of where your tithes and offerings go, right? What happens to your money uh, once you donate it? And from what I understand, I'm not trying to be critical of other denominations or congregations, not a lot of people that I hear from other denominations get told, well, here's where your money is going. They just know, give, it's used for the Lord. But I want everyone to be crystal clear on where their money goes. Whether you give a dollar, whether you give a dime, whether you give $100, uh, you need to know that it's being used for kingdom purposes uh, and not just to fund my sugar addiction at Love Made Edible. All right, so uh, before we do that, I want to be clear because um, uh, all of your tithes and offerings goes to fund our mission. And our mission at Crossroads is to be the church. In my opinion, that should be the mission of every single church in existence, uh, every local congregation. Uh, when we say be the church, we want to share the love of Christ. So we use the money that you give us, not just to maintain the building, but to help us as a local congregation share the love of Christ the folks in the community and folks outside the community. We also want to show the love of Christ. So we want to equip the people that come into this building with the word of God so that when they go outside the building, they're able to live out their Christian life in a way that reflects the light of Christ, like we talked about last week. Uh, but we also, as we do that, we want to invite others to receive the love of Christ. We want invite people to be a part of his kingdom. Uh, we don't want to beat people over the head with the Bible, right? We don't want to shove the gospel down anyone's throat, but we want to make it crystal clear that we're Christians. We're, we're a God-honoring, Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-filled people of God, and we want to share that with people. We want to show that to people the way we treat them, and we want, want to, when God allows us, invite them to be recipients of the love of Christ. Now, as you can see, at least those of you in the room, right? Those of you who are watching online, you can't. People are not flooding into this building to hear what we're saying and to be the church, right? And I will share this. I was talking to, uh, at the gym, I met a guy from, well, I mean, I've known him for a while, but bumped into him and we were talking at the gym and he was sharing that at his congregation as well, they're dwindling in number. 
Uh, talked to a guy a couple of months ago. His congregation is well dwindling in number. When you have 300 people and you lose a third of your people, you still have 200 people. When you have like 100 or 50 or less and you lose a third of your people, it kind of hurts. You feel it, right? And a lot of the congregations, 80%, are less than 100 people. And when they lose a third of their people, they're kind of feeling the brunt of that. So uh, there was a new study that came out. I've been hearing it all week on the radio uh, that talks about the fact that in America, and obviously they didn't talk to anyone in America because I don't think they talked to any of us, but saying in America, 25% of the population considers themselves what they call the nuns, no religious affiliation. Now that doesn't include the people who say I'm atheist or the people who say I'm agnostic or whatever. Just there's a whole different set of people who say I just have no religious affiliation. If you think of, if you multiply that out, 300 million Americans, so that's like 75 million people who are like, I have no religious affiliation. Here's the thing, though. Even though those people and other people aren't coming into our building, they are listening to what we say, which is why we use some of your tithes and offerings to put out all kinds of podcasts, because podcasts are the thing people like, I can listen to this while I drive, I can listen to this while I'm at work, I can put on my headphones and do my work and listen to it. So we put out multiple podcasts um, using the biggest resource out there, like technology. And it doesn't cost us a whole lot. I'll show you exactly how much it costs us in a minute. So uh, what we do is like we're live streaming this message right now, uh, we also, once I'm done, we'll go collect it, put it into a video podcast, and an audio podcast that's available on iTunes, that's available on uh, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, which is going away in a couple of weeks, uh, so we'll stop putting it on there. But all these places where people can go and listen, when we live stream it, not a lot of people watch it. Not a lot of people are paying attention. The people that don't want to come to church they're not up right now thinking, okay, let me go get some God stuff, right? So they may watch it later, and they may not. But when we put it on our website and send it out as a podcast, literally hundreds and hundreds of people download it and listen to it. And not just this, the video and, and audio of the sermons, uh, we also do what's called faith responders. It's not a sermon, it's just me and uh, Pastor Mark Berkshire uh, either sitting together in person at a restaurant or over Zoom, where we're just talking about, here's how people of faith can respond to things going on in the country. A lot of people will listen to this because a lot of churches won't talk about when something happens, when something racial, something, you know, another shooting, another this, some political thing. A lot of churches are like, I'm just going to keep going through the gospel of whatever. I'm just going to keep, they, don't, they won't even discuss it. And sometimes we will. Sometimes we'll do a teaching nugget on it. Sometimes we'll talk about it because it just comes up in the sermon. But a lot of pastors won't. And I'm like, well, if you don't discuss it, then how are the people of faith supposed to know how they're supposed to respond to this or deal with it? So Mark and I will sit and we'll discuss a lot of this stuff. And a lot of people will download and listen to it. And then we do uh, the Naps or Nothing Moms podcast. Some of you guys already listened to that. The latest episode, we just, I just posted online. I didn't even tell them, go publish it. And there were like 20 or 30 people that already started listening to it and downloading it. And this episode was pretty relevant because it's moms talking about, hey, when our church hires, because we're looking for, as you can see, a lot of children, 
younger kids. We're looking for someone to like run the children's ministry. And the question was, hey, hey moms, when you think about who you want to be kind of overseeing the spiritual development of your children, what are the qualities that you look for? Now, a lot of moms don't even think about it. They just show up at a church. Oh, you got a big children's ministry and just shovel their kids in there without a thought to what they may get taught or how they may get treated. So this is definitely relevant to a lot of moms. Also, uh, uh, Adam and Heather do the Recovery Coffee in Jesus podcast uh, where they talk about uh, not just hey, here's what we're going to talk about tonight in our small group, because they also do the small group, but also talk about here's some of the things that might help you in this particular season. And even though the last episode was early December, first, second week of December, it's still one of the top things that people listen to every single week on our podcast. I mean, from our website. So uh, we do a bunch of these podcasts. We're going to probably try to do at least two or three more in 2024. We're going to add to different variety, different stuff, uh, add to them. Because here's the thing. If people are listening to this, then why wouldn't we do it? And I know you're probably thinking, doesn't that cost a lot and a lot of time? Let me show you this. Um, to do a normal podcast, if like Kevin were to say, I'm going to do the co a podcast on Home repair and cart maintenance, how you can do all these things yourself so that Floyd stops calling me every time his tire blows out or the water heater goes out. He can just turn on the podcast, episode three. All right. But uh, to do a podcast costs, on average, depending on what platform you go to, $30 to $50 per podcast per month. And they won't give you any statistics, but if you want statistics like who downloaded this, how many people are listening to this, where are they listening, you know, are they listening on the iPhone, are they listening on Android, uh, are they more people locally in Jefferson Hills, is it more people in Pittsburgh, or is it people from Iowa, right? It gives you all that. You got to pay more so it can go above that to like 50, 60, 70, depending on how many stats you want. So on average, it would cost us about $400 a month to do just the podcast we're doing now. However, comma, it actually costs us $39 per month to do all five. We could probably, I don't know if there's a cap on that, but we're going to push it when we add the, the other ones. Um, uh, we don't get a lot of statistics. The only statistics that we get is here, how many people listen to it today? Here, or how many people listened to it in the last seven days? And here, or how many people listened in the last 30 days? And I have wanted to like maybe dig in and get more specifics, like are they local? Is it more Jefferson Hills people? Is it people in Elizabeth, people in Pittsburgh? Is it people in Cleveland? You know, but I don't, I don't think that's the best use of your tithes and offerings, just to find out, hey, people in Cleveland really like us, even though we don't like them. I don't think that's the best way to use your money, right? So um, we don't pay for those statistics. And even though that's, that's, that's a small cost, it used to... I think when we initially did it, we had to pay $1,000 up front, and then it was like $20 a month. Then it jumped to 23, 25, 32, 35. Now it's at 39. By this time next year, probably 45. Still a reasonable expense for us, because this includes not just the podcast, this is our whole website. And built into it is the ability to do the podcast. Uh, now, here's the thing. We get limited statistics. I know you can't see it on this slide because our projector's going technological costs that we're trying to hold off on 
buying a new projector. But um, in the last seven days, this was as of yesterday at 10 a.m. In the last seven days, 223 different plays. And it does give us some statistics, only like the top five. And I'll show you that in a minute. Uh, But in the last 30 days, from yesterday at 10 a.m., and it definitely changed because when I went back, because I thought I had gotten something wrong, and I went back and looked at 1 a.m., instead of 1,479, it was like 1,480-something. So in a couple hours, a few more people have played. So even for that monthly cost, your tithes and offerings are getting this word out, the gospel. We're not just talking about fun stuff. We're not just talking about, you know, here's how we can do this. We're talking about stuff that impacts the spiritual life of people and how they can get closer to God. And so 1,479. Now, the only statistics they give us are like, here's the top five things played in the last seven days. Or if it's today, here's the top five things played today. Or here's the top five things played in the last 30 days. And consistently, um, usually, not all the time, usually the sermon is up there. One of the top five things played in the last seven days. Sometimes it's not because it's usually, you know, uh, the naps or nothing. Sometimes they have two or three, like where people like, oh, I've just found this. This is great. Let me go listen to another one. Let me share it with someone. And so, uh, but lots of people will go and listen to all this. And then over the last 30 days, uh, granted, sermons at the top two, uh, forgiveness thing we did on New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve message, but then always, always consistently, since they started in the last 30 days, the Recovery Coffee in Jesus podcast, always within the top, used to be Three, I think now it's one, two, three. Number four, it used to be in the top three. Now it's number four, and that's probably because they haven't done one in a month. And the one we just recorded on Thursday, because I was done with all this other stuff, I didn't get a chance to post yet. So to me, uh, this is a good result of spending 40 bucks a month that not only gives our website so people can find us and see what we're all about, but also allows us to host all these podcasts that help different genres of people, but all still from a spiritual perspective, right? Now, for those of you who are thinking, well, is that all we do? No. I mean, we're also going to do some more traditional outreach events, but all the outreach events that we do are designed to reach people who may not set foot in this building. Most congregations, again, not speaking anything negative about other congregations, but most of their outreach events are designed to get you into their building. The ones that we're doing and looking forward to doing are ones that are going to go to people who would not step foot in this building and not try to get them into this building, but bring the gospel to them. So we've got a couple that we're going to do, and I talked about them, I think, on New Year's. One is called Meet Men Eating and Talking. Uh, The types of outreach events we do threefold. One, we do ones that allow us to share the gospel where we'll go out and we'll share the gospel, blah, blah, blah. Uh, We'll do other ones that allow us to not just share the gospel, but come together with other congregations, because that's what the people should see, right? They shouldn't see every church doing stuff all by themselves, because that's not what heaven's going to be. We're not going to be siloed, right? It's not going to be a Baptist church, a Lutheran church, a Catholic church, or a Methodist church in heaven. It's just going to be us, the people of God, the church. So we do ones that bring and allow us to be a part of bringing congregations together, which is why we're doing the prayer and praise event tonight at New Hope Assembly of God in Elizabeth, 6.30 p.m. Uh, Come so you can pray for me some more. Um, But also, we do the ones that are just allow us to fellowship. 
We're not going to preach. Anybody remember Beast Feast? Okay, yeah. A couple of people on this side of the room. Beast Feast was where we would just uh, bring whatever you happen to hunt and kill or buy some exotic hunted dish, bring it together, and we would just fellowship and hang out, and we'd try to get other congregations to come and hang out with us. It worked for a while until people stopped. Uh, so this is what meat is. It's going to be men eating and talking. We're not going to do a Bible study. We're going to start with prayer because food and fellowship. And then we're just going to hang out and fellowship together. And before anyone gets mad, uh, we're going to try, I got to talk to the moms, and do a mom's eating and talking. But obviously that one's going to, you're going to need some child care and it's going to need a little bit more stuff um, than, uh, and the moms will be like, we don't want to sit around and eat food. We're going to do something else. We'll figure something out. But it can work for both. Uh, we're also going to do pizza and praise, uh, where Glenn Wagner said we can use his restaurant. And it's not going to be our praise team doing it. It's just going to be open to the public for whoever wants to come and, and sing a praise song, do whatever, uh, and, and just praise together. And I'm going to be 100% honest. Part of me is just doing this so I can get more Glenn's pizza because they stopped selling it but he's willing to offer it there. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Uh, but we're also going to do more things with the blessing board, right? We did that one event where we had the drive up, drop off donation. Uh, we're going to try to do another one in like May where it's not so rainy, but also not 99 degrees out. Cause I think the last one we did June, July, do one in May and then do another one in August and then try to make that not August, October, <laughs> try to make that a regular two times a year where people are aware and they can bring their stuff because the blessing board organization just give them donated furniture and they will give it to people in need for free and ask them to pray with them and when allowed, share the gospel with them. So all we got to do is just say, hey, come drop off your stuff here and then we just have them come pick it up. Uh, but we're also going to try to do more with the diaper pantry, right? Because diapers, not a luxury. A necessity and there are people that can't afford them and that shouldn't be the case right so we're gonna to try to do more uh, with them uh, speaking of which one of the missionaries that we support is going to retire in April uh, Jane she was here in December she's gonna retire in April so starting in May the money that we were giving to her to support her we can just turn around and give that to the diaper pantry to support them not going to cost us anything more than what we're already doing, right? So uh, a lot of outreach events, and there's some more stuff that we have planned, but most of the things we do, uh, we try to make sure that our outreach events have a low financial cost because we want to be good stewards of your, your, your tithes and offerings. Granted, there's obviously some costs when you do stuff, uh, but we want to make sure there's a low financial cost. We also want to make sure there's a low volunteer cost. Here's what I want you to do. Everyone just turn around and look at the other people in the room. Just turn around and look, okay? One, not a whole lot of us here. Two, no disrespect to any, but some of us are older, right? Uh, some of us are, are, are sick. Uh, some of us are, are dealing with, you know, just getting over surgeries, just getting over diseases, strokes, heart attack, whatever. So we're not going to all show up and start lifting stuff and moving stuff. And, hey, we can do this event if we can get 25 volunteers to show up, right? Probably not going to happen. Some of us are working two, three jobs. Some of us are working work jobs two or three times a day. So it's probably not going to happen. So we try to do things where, hey, we just need one or two people to show up. And we can make this happen. 
But even if it's a low financial cost and a low volunteer cost, we want it to have a high kingdom return. We want it to be something that gives God all the glory. So uh, I want to go over the budget with you quickly to show you where a lot of this stuff goes. But before I do, I want to share a passage of scripture with you. Uh, and we've talked about this before. First Chronicles 29, the, the nation of Israel is building the temple, right? And so they're collecting, they're taking up a collection uh, to not just build it, but also put in the things in place that are going to maintain it. So King David said to the whole assembly, hey, my son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, young and experienced. The task of building and maintaining the temple is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God, right? And I know we think, oh, let every, this is the local congregation where we attend, but we only attend here so we can worship and give praise and glory and honor to God together as the ecclesia, the church, the body of Christ. And then this is what David says, besides in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold, silver for the temple of my God, over and above everything I have provided for the temple. He says over and above everything, because as king, he took the government resources, which, I, which our government did today, and provided them to help build the temple, right? And then he said over and above what I've provided, out of my own personal treasure, I'm going to give gold and silver. And then he lists how much gold and silver, and he did it by weight. And if you do the math today, and it varies as, you know, price of gold, silver, all that stuff varies. But it's close to a billion dollars out of his personal pocket. He was like, here you go. I'm going to give this for the temple. That's astounding. But so is this. Then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands, the commanders of hundreds, the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. Not only did Solomon give, he said, hey, I'm going to set the tone. I cannot ask anyone to give if I'm not giving. So he gave. And then everyone else, the leaders gave, the officers gave, the commanders gave, the small group leaders gave. Everyone gave, right? And then this is what happened. In verse 9, the people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord, and David rejoiced also. And this wasn't just about money, because some of these people showed up and said, hey, I don't have any money to give, but I, I'm, I'm going to be there Monday, Thursday, and you know, after lunch on Saturdays to help build the temple, to help maintain the temple, to do the work. And some people are like, hey, I don't have money to give, that's okay. But if you can give your time, that's valuable too. Because you can go out and if you give $10, you can go out and make another $10. If you give half an hour, you cannot get that time back. You know, without an infinity gauntlet or a TARDIS, an infinity gauntlet was destroyed. And some of you, I just lost. But can't get the time back, right? So there are people who, I mean, you guys see me up here. And you don't see all the other people that do all the other things. You see the praise team up here, and they volunteer their time. You don't see the board. You don't see what Karen and Gary and Kevin and you hardly ever see Larry. But when he's home, he's here doing all kind of stuff. Uh, you don't see all the other people, the Bonnies, the Sharons, uh, Karen's mom, all these people that show up and take care of things. I don't do all the maintenance to take care of the stuff around the church. There are a bunch of people that volunteer their time to help make sure that all this stuff happens, right? And so a lot of your tithes and offerings 
not a whole lot goes to all the stuff I just talked about. A lot of it goes to maintaining this building because there's a cost associated with maintaining this building, right? So really quick, let me just go over the budget and then we have to do the not church thing, but the nonprofit thing and kind of vote on the budget. Uh, so you see at the top, let me, let me point this out, staff salaries, right? I want everyone to take a look at that line that says staff salaries because whenever you talk to people, they say, oh, all the church wants is your money so the pastor can line his pockets. If you look at staff salaries, one of two things is happening. A, either I am not lining my pockets, which I'm not, or B, I'm trying to and just failing at it because I'm not doing it very well. So when you hear someone say, oh, all pastors do is line their pockets with the money, I want you to laugh out extremely loud and be like, not my pastor. He's, he's, he is definitely not doing that, right? Uh, and then we also have, um, if you look at operating expenses, uh, those are the costs of paying bills and utilities. Uh, maintenance uh, is the cost of like doing maintenance around technology, outreach, administrative uh, expenses. Now, children's ministry, you'll see a huge cost there, and it's not a whole lot, but that's because we realize we need to bring someone in because we have so many young children kind of running around, and we need to bring someone in who's going to help guide their spiritual development. And then if you turn it over to the back, uh, I think there's some more across small group leadership activities. Uh, missions is what we pay uh, to donate to the missionaries that we support. Uh, and there's a total down at the bottom. Also, um, I need to point out, one of the costs that we went over budget on uh, was the parking lot loan. And that's a good thing because uh, it's supposed to be a seven-year loan, I think seven years, and we have already paid off more than, I want to say at least two-thirds of it. So there's not a whole lot remaining. So even though it's only been a little over two years, we've paid off a lot of it. But then we backed off because uh, there was less tithes and offerings coming in. Uh, we backed off. So now we're just paying the minimum. And I think I forgot. I think we calculated that maybe we have like two years left. But obviously, if we get more tithes and offering in, one of the things that we're going to try to pay off immediately is that. Because right now we're paying, I forget how much, 600 and something dollars a month for it, and that 600 and something dollars we could use for other purposes if we're not paying for that loan. All right, so now we get to the technical nonprofit part of everything. Before I do that, let me explain how it works. Um, normally, uh, the way it works is we would ask, can someone make a motion to accept the 2024 budget as printed, which all you should have? Um, and then someone would say, I make a motion. And then we would need someone to kind of second that motion. Is there a second? Someone who says yes. Someone would say, I second the motion. Then we would ask if there are any questions, and then we would vote on it. When we vote, there's two ways you vote. Either you pass out pen and paper and have everyone write yes or no. This is the only thing we're voting on. So all those who say yes, I accept the budget as printed, you would write yes. All those who say no would write no. Then we'd have to count the votes. The way we do it is we say raise hands, right? Because technically, if there is even one no, because someone might be like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think we should, whatever reason, uh, then we have to do a query to verify and validate the person that said no, that it's a legitimate no. 
that it wasn't Jack's like, I don't know if they're actually counting the votes. Let me see. So I'm just going to write no and slip that in. So no, no, no offense, Jack's. But uh, we'd have to make sure that it was a valid vote, right? So we do raise hands. Same thing applies, though. All those in favor, raise your hands. Somebody counts the hands raised. All those opposed, raise your hand. If someone raised their hand, that's fine. Uh, but then we, we don't have to do a query because we can obviously see who's, if it's, if it's like Caden raising his hand, no. We know it's Caden. We can ignore that. We can keep moving on. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, as we wind this up and as the band comes up, we don't have to ask for a motion because this is coming from the board. So they've already made the motion to the congregation to accept the budget. It doesn't require a second, someone to say, I second this, because in order for them to bring the motion to the congregation, it had to have a second. And just so you know, the board passed it unanimously. Um, so uh, this motion comes to accept the budget as printed with an implied second, because there was a plurality uh, that brought it here from the board. So the next part, so we don't need a motion, we don't need a second. Uh, it comes from the board at the motion and with an implied second uh, that was unanimously approved. But the next part comes out is where we say, are there any questions? Because someone might be like, why are we spending money on this? Or why are we doing that? Or why is this? Or, you know. Plus, feel free to double check the math. I did not do that with a calculator. Excel did it. But, you know, it's Microsoft. Who knows what it's trying to do. So, um, feel free. So, even if next week you're like, hey, I went through this math and you skipped it, you know, you forgot to carry the one here or something, that's fine. Let's tell. So, are there any questions? Anyone have any questions? Uh, feel free to ask whatever you want, even if after the fact uh, you want to email me, message me, because you're like, I don't want to sit and be the one in the Sunday celebration saying, how come, blah, blah, blah. So, feel free to message or ask or whatever. So are there any questions? And I'm looking online to see if anyone online has any questions, any questions. Okay, all right. Uh, so Karen, I'm going to ask you to stand up, and can you count the hands that are raised for the yeas or nays? Um, all those in favor of accepting. Oh, I also will point this out. Uh, it shows the bank balance on the back on the bottom. When we did this last year, that bank balance was four times as much. Actually, five, over five times as much. So you can see where ties and in, uh, offerings coming in have decreased, which is why when you look at these, some of these numbers, it's like, why are you only spending this amount on certain things? Because we can only spend what we have. All right, so are there, again, are there any questions? No, okay. All those in favor of accepting the budget as printed, uh, just raise your hand and hold it up so Karen can get a count. And let me um, move out of the way. Okay. All those opposed, same sign, just raise your hand. And my hand is not raised because I'm opposed. I'm just showing people what to do. Are there any? Okay. So the budget passes. Uh, thank you, Jesus. We are done with this until next year. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand, and we're just going to close out with a song. Because I, I, I think that we need to take to heart how truly blessed we are. I know you look at that budget and you're like, wow, we don't have a lot of money. We're not doing a lot of stuff. But every single day, I kid you not, I am not making this up. Every single day, I talk to pastors 
Some in our area, some you know, a little bit removed from our area, some in other places in the country who are like, hey, pray for us because we're closing our doors. We're down to five people. We're down to 12 people. Or we had this group and two more families were like, I'm out. And that shut us down every single day. And I'm not over-exaggerating. Every single day because of the lack of support. Because again, look around. People not coming in the church. And it's not just that they're closing their doors. That means in that community, there's no one sharing the hope of Christ or the love of Christ with the people in that community. So God, we are, we are extremely grateful. We acknowledge how blessed we are. We acknowledge we are blessed because of your amazing love. We're so grateful for every person that watches, that attends. We're so grateful for every person that gives their time, their talent, or their treasure. We are so grateful that you loved us enough to help build this community of faithful believers. And we pray that we take the heart, the mission that you have given us to be the church, to share and show the love of Christ. and to invite people to be recipients of your amazing love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.